0: Videos, the Osbiers COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 16th of March, 2023. This is the COB, all the stuff you know need to know about the day in business and finance. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scuddy. what do you make of the day that was?
1: Well, just when you think it's over, it comes back again. And uh, yeah, Credit Suisse has been, something's been permeating in the background for a long period of time. And uh, yeah, I just think a whole bunch of circumstances have led us down this path where if it wasn't for Silicon Valley Bank and what happened there last week, maybe we wouldn't be going through this right now. But clearly, it's had an impact. Uh, clearly, the markets are not convinced that it's being uh, quarantined just yet. And uh, yeah, whoosh, God, the uh, big, big decline as expected following what was a pretty, uh, no, particularly in Europe, a brutal session.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Look, just to get folks across the final figures for the S&P ASX 200, finishing down below that 7,000 level once again to 6,966, down by 1.5%. Week to date, Scotty, we're off by 2.5%, really having selling in the smaller end of the market as well. The Emerging Companies Index down by 2.26% and plenty of selling right around the Asian region. But for those just listening in, uh, who might not have been following all the developments through the day to day, we have clearly been keeping our eye on Credit Suisse and all of the news emanating from Europe. And it looks like the Swiss Central Bank has given, well, given Credit Suisse some breathing room. Um, looks like it'll be stepping in to support it. And uh, that still wasn't enough you know, to really stop this flight from safety right around the Asian region. So gold, bonds, you know, the typical behavior that you see when there is real uncertainty around one of Europe's largest banks.
1: Yeah, and it's a globally significant bank as well. And, uh, yeah, I know that the uh, the regulators have looked at the capital position and said that everything's looking uh, no, fine and dandy in that respect, but uh, the markets uh, just don't believe them. And the Swiss National Bank, uh, an emergency lending facility, a secured lending facility, it's just a loan. Uh, I know that uh, I noticed that Credit Suisse is planning to go buybacks of its uh, uh, senior secured debt, uh, euro-denominated debt, uh, US dollar-denominated debt, no. It's just kind of like you no know, sniffing around the surface. It's not really going into the other the rubber what the other problem is at this point in time. And I dare say, unless we're going to get something a bit more concrete from uh, from regulators over the next couple of days, yeah, you wouldn't want to be going into the weekend with this yeah. much uncertainty because all it takes is some speculation. And we'll be back to uh, no, trying to go and deal with a very difficult situation in early uh, Asian trade on Monday morning.
0: Yeah, I think it's worthwhile saying that large US banks say that uh, their exposure to Credit Suisse is manageable. Um, they have been managing their exposure to the troubled banks really over the past few months. And so sources are telling, uh, Reuters I believe it is, that, uh, you know, that they do believe that any exposure is limited. Um, pretty extraordinary when you have our own treasurer coming out today, Scotty, talking about the safety of our banking system. So we did have uh, Jim Chalmers coming out and making sure uh, you know that he's reassuring investors that uh, you know that the Australian regulators are on top of things. That uh, there's no sort of thoughts that there will be any sort of systemic risk here, uh, you know, that we're not, you know, on any sort of a cusp of a banking crisis here in Australia. Um, look, he's got to do his job. He's got to come out there and uh, be on the front foot. But he's saying that after a meeting that he convened with ma- major regulators uh, and the RBA in the wake of the SVV collapse, SVB collapse, he says regulators are on top of things, banks well capitalized, strong liquidity positions, Still, though, he's saying it's a reminder of the risks and vulnerabilities in the global economy as interest rates rise. I mean, you can't you can't disagree with that. But but uh, we always sort of know that like everything wasn't going to go smoothly with such a steep uh, hike uh, coming from global central banks. And considering the fact that we've still got like just look at the data here today, you know, when you think of jobs, Scotty, I mean, this is fundamentally still a strong economy.
1: It is, uh, and the banks here are very different kettle of fish. Obviously, highly exposed to the property sector. Let's not vanny uh, around the bush there. That's uh, that's an obvious factor. But uh, when it comes to liquidity provisioning, you know, self fund requirements, and the like, uh, even when I was back in my banking days, which is I know well and truly uh, around about a decade or so ago now, uh, things were already being put in place to go and protect against this, to go and make sure that if there was a run per se, uh, that, that would be covered. And uh, I dare say that. Uh, all things being equal, we're in probably a better position than, say, some of those uh, European lenders with a bit more exotic uh, assets sitting on the uh, on the books. But so uh, when you get back to the odds uh, of the broader economy, absolutely, uh, the job started today, even though in the context of the last three months, so no. Things have been kind of like you no know, ambling along. Today's you know, data showed you no know, big snapback. You no, know, nearly eighty thousand full-time jobs created. Uh, Sixty-five thousand uh, increase in employment. Unemployment down at three and a half percent. Zero point four percent declining underemployment. Yeah, what's not to like? I, when paraphrased, uh, Paul Keating, since he's been uh, doing a lot of talking recently, and uh, said it was a beautiful set of numbers.
0: Yeah, well, interesting. Deanna Messina, I enjoyed reading her notes. She's from AMP Capital, as you well know, Scotty. She said that the rebound in February was as expected. They had uh, an above market consensus view on the jobs data. And she says that we are now at a turning point. And I enjoyed reading this because it just puts things in perspective. The three month average of jobs growth is well down from its 2022 average. In the January jobs release, the ABS said that 100,000 more people were indicating they had a job to start within the next four weeks, but... That rebound in February in reality was actually less. Um, And she says that the participation rate remaining below its high and that leading indicators of jobs growth like the employment component in NAB and job advertisements are all weakened. So she reckons that, uh, you know, we're at an inflection point when it comes to the unemployment rate. So unlikely to shoot up in a straight line from here, but still is expecting to see unemployment growth slowing and expecting to see that unemployment rate over 2023 to just over 4% so don't get too cozy I mean we can't have an unemployment rate what is this 43 year lows correct me if I'm wrong I mean this is such a tight labor market yeah, near still enough around that. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah look and, De- and Deanna's uh, one of the best out there as well. So which, uh, what she says uh, goes, uh, look, you can go probably throw into the Westpac uh, unemployment expectations uh, sub-index that we saw yesterday. That uh, clearly is starting to go and uh, tick higher. So people are concerned about their job security at the moment. Uh, yeah, one uh, one summer does not a swallow make. No, sorry, one swallow does not a summer make. <laughs> yeah, so say. got
0: it. And summer it is. I know we like our weather it's updates. A long day. It's been a hot one here in Sydney. Okay, so sector wise, nine out of eleven were lower. We did see healthcare, telcos up, more defensive areas of the market. Um, as far as the companies that outperformed: Liontown, Grey, Telix, Block, Auckland International. On the flip side, though, IPH Limited hit by a cyber attack. Fletcher Building was down, Computer Share, Coronado, and Credit Corp. Uh, The stock of the day-to-day, Scotty, was BHP. Uh, In relation, I think it was chosen because of, you know, not not sort of the dynamics around a slowdown, but because of that San Marco Dam disaster and that massive class action that's been brought against it in London. Um, So let's listen in to what our expert guests had to say.
2: Um, Just in regards to the company, how we're viewing it at the moment, I think we've mentioned a few times on the program that we've probably been lightening it, selling it in our growth portfolios. Speaks to our view of the iron ore market in general at the moment. It still is quite strong, you know, pricing at $130 per tonne. Just not sure if that's reflective of the underlying demand for steel and, and for the product at the moment. So we're probably a little bit more cautious on BHP, happy to take some profits here. We've been commenting that the dividend, you know, these are not dividend stocks. The dividend will not be as strong going forward.
1: I, I, to me, it's a buying opportunity. Um, I, I am more bullish on commodities. Um, I think the China reopen is still a very real um, investment theme. Um, it might have been lost for a little bit, but you know, I, I just think you're going to see a building boom coming out of the country as the the government there focuses back on the economy after three years in hiatus.
0: So there you go, a uh, bit of a bit of a, a stalemate there between our two guests, Daniel Ortiz, the stock doctor looking to trim, and Ben Clark from TMS Capital, still believing you know this China reopening story will be good for. The big miners here in Australia, in particular. Um,
1: yeah, big Australian, a bit smaller today.
0: Yeah, a bit smaller today. Boy, it was uh, pretty rough out there. When I take a look at the market map, there wasn't a lot of um, a lot of green out there. I guess gold is the exception here locally today as well. Um, look, I suppose, Scuddy, when it comes to tonight, really anything goes in terms of what will emanate from global banks. Uh, we'll be, no doubt, getting some updates coming through from Credit, Credit Suisse. Um, but what we need to think is this in context of the ECB as well. So, will this be impacting the likelihood of that 50 basis point hike coming from the ECB, which just a few days ago seemed like a sure bet?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a really difficult one. Uh, but my personal view would be it would be foolhardy just to go hammer and tong into the market, deliver a fifty basis point hike like there's nothing has changed over the last few days. Tackling inflation is really important. Like, don't don't get me wrong. And uh, I'm I'm being right up there with some of the hawkish uh, people who could go and get it this uh, this part of the cycle, but. You do not want to be showing your hand just to say, like, oh, we are just dismissing the other threat here because the markets are already jittery. If, uh, if I don't see something, you know, some sensibility coming from these institutions, well, that's when things can get out of hand. I just remember some of the other details of what happened during the uh, the GFC and uh, just you know, fingers in ears, you know, almost blindfolded, uh, not wanting to go and see what was going on around them. Uh, and it really created some issues. So look, I don't think there's any problem if they just go and leave rates on hold and say, look, the uh, the basic principles that we need to probably go and continue raising rates. We may have to go and do so aggressively, but we want to have some clarity about exactly what's going on at the moment in the financial system.
0: Yeah, well, I was just reading a Westpac note saying that because it's been so public in its guidance for that 50 basis point hike. A uh, hawkish tone should persist, but it does reference the turmoil in European banks. Market pricing slipped from near 50 basis points to 28 basis points. So Westpac reckons there could be a very volatile reaction to your point if uh, ECB President Christine Lagarde sticks to her guns. And that's the quote when it comes to that 50 basis point hike. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, in the U.S., we get the Philly Fed Index... Uh, that's a manufacturing survey so we'll see if that reflects some weakness that we've seen elsewhere housing starts building permits we get some data there and also initial jobless claims which comes every thursday expecting it to remain at a pretty low level and that brings us to friday friday if you can believe it here in australia we'll be speaking with greg matwigev from city index to start the day and fiona Kinshada from Game Capital in Europe. So really get some good market reactions, some trading ideas and analysis of what happens with the ECB. And, you know, the day goes on as per usual with some great guests. Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital, Claude Walker from A Rich Life are on the call at 12 p.m. And uh, yeah, we round out the day as always with Shane Oliver from AMP Capital, Deanna Messina's colleague. And so we'll be getting his insights into global markets uh, to end the week. And I I still feel like anything could happen tonight. Scotty, you?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that the scenario is different to what happened during the GSA. But the one thing it worked if you handle it wrong by a regulatory uh, side of things, it could quickly go and snowball. So it's, yeah, expect the unexpected. Hopefully some sanity prevails, but uh, yeah. messaging will be the key thing tonight from the ECB. Needs to go and make the point that I know, that if it doesn't move or if it does move, it's, uh, it is aware of what's going on in the other uh, financial system as well.
0: And if you don't uh, subscribe to our COB newsletter, you should. Scotty's got a good view in there today, sort of uh, expanding on some of our thoughts that we've just um, been expressing about, you know, what will happen if we see institutions, I suppose, what, how would you summarize it, see institutions not uh, really taking a good long look at the lay of the land as it stands right now?
1: Yeah, look at uh, some of the price action we saw in shares uh, and bond markets as well uh, when it comes to those other European lenders, A a number of different names had to be halted last night. If you start losing faith and trust in your counterparties, and I remember seeing this firsthand uh, and about uh, 15 years ago or so, uh, it uh, is terminal because people will go and yank credit lines left, right, and center. They'll force you to go and sell back debt, uh, buy back debt, I should say, and yeah, it's not a pleasant scenario, and it will definitely go and spill into the real economy.
0: All right, Scotty. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: You too. Hopefully, you will be some, uh, some good news to go and talk about tomorrow. We'll see.